bring to the forefront of your mind what you're about to do and why you're doing it. Let the sense of the significance of this act bring you to a sense of relaxation, a sense of tranquility. So while you are thinking that, while you are, while you are recalling your motivation, its significance, its value, and let that very sensation, let that very concept bring you to a state of, or begin the process of tranquility, tranquilizing the body, tranquilizing the breath, tranquilizing the mind, the emotion. And you can do them one after the other. You think of what I'm about to do is of great significance to me. As soon as you think of that thought, then think of the thought tranquility and feel the tranquility, feel the tranquilizing effect in your body, in your breath, in your emotions and your mind. Keep doing this until the passion of this motivation fills your whole being and without necessarily forcing the sense of tranquility but it naturally begins to have its own sort of tranquilizing effect. sense of your immediate environment. Connect with the sense of tranquility that is within your immediate environment. It could be a sense of tranquility picked up by your hearing. It could be picked up by your sense of touch, sense of smell. In whatever way within your environment, you can feel connected to a sense of tranquility Connect with it. Align yourself with that tranquility. And let that tranquility make your intentions clearer, make your intentions even more potent. And consider connecting with a sense of tranquility within your immediate environment is as if asking for the environment to help you, to cooperate with you. That from this moment, while you're doing this action, while you're doing this session, whatever it brings to you, whatever it gives you, let it be a means to help you achieve your goal.
staying connected with that sense of tranquility now just have your awareness hover over the body holding on to that intention to your determination and feel the overall sense of tranquility emanating from the body connect that to the sense of tranquility you felt earlier with your immediate within your immediate environment let them merge become just one entity of tranquility without forcing without grasping without rejecting bring your attention to your legs and just hold on to your intention and allow yourself to feel the tranquility now specifically in the legs pay attention to your intuition guiding you as to how best to adjust the body how best to adjust your energy your intentions so the sense of tranquility can be further enhanced until you reach a sense of some sense of satisfaction as far as this is as tranquil as i can make it as i can experience it for now then you move your attention then to the arms the hands elbows and shoulders and allow the tranquility to manifest to make itself known within the arms the hands the elbows and shoulders and not losing sight of your intentions the significance of what you are doing right now after you've made that connection with that sense of tr- tranquility through the medium of the arms and hands elbows and shoulders Just become acquainted with it for a few seconds without grasping it without rejecting it and turn your attention now to the torso especially the back without forcing tranquility to happen without pushing anything away without grasping onto anything just hold on to your intention and allow the tranquility now to fill the torso and the back and take the advice coming from your intuition about how to adjust the body the torso physically energetically or even in terms of your attitude and as you implement the advice feel the enhancement of the tranquility 
of once you reach that level where you feel a sense of satisfaction, this is as tranquil you will experience the torso for now. Then you move your attention to the head and neck. And here again, not trying to force anything, not trying to hold your head and neck in place. Just leave it and let it find its own center so it will remain centered without your conscious effort. Your determination even stronger, clearer. Just like you palpably experience a sense of tranquility earlier in the body, in the torso, in the other parts, wait until you have a palpable experience of tranquility emanating from the head and neck. Once it's manifest, you are aware of it, stay with it, become acquainted with it for a few seconds. Then move your attention now to the mouth, teeth, tongue. Your intentions even clearer, your determination even stronger. And the sense of tranquility more palpable. Let the mouth teeth, tongue, rest in the natural places, allowing that sense of tranquility to continue. To fill your whole being until you feel it now in reference to the mouth teeth, tongue, then bring your attention to the eyes, let the position that you adopt, whether half opened, half closed, opened, closed, <coughs> let that be a means of further enhancing in a palpable way the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility. And now again you feel the whole body in filled with that entity of tranquility. And it continues to be further enhanced. You begin to be aware of your body in a somewhat different way, in the same space where you are aware of the body as subject to gravity, having weight, substance. You begin to feel the same in the same space, the body now having a sense of luminosity, a sense of lightness. Do not grasp, do not reject, 
not grasp one, reject the other. Did not reject one to grab the other. Now gently bring your attention to the breath. Continue to stay linked to that sense of tranquility that you first connected to within your immediate surroundings and within your body and all the different parts. Now you're connecting with that same tranquility now through the breath. And when you feel a definite, palpable manifestation of that tranquility in reference to the breath, Staying aware of the breath, have a part of your mind, sort of make last minute check on the body, making minute adjustments here and there, physically, energetically, and a sense of further enhancement of the sense of ease is your guide as to whether or not the adjustment was necessary or whether or not it was rightly implemented. Either the sense of tranquility is stable or enhanced. If it is degrading, then do not go further. Stay, even if you have to go back to a step, then go back to a step until there is a palpable, stabilized sense of the tranquility or a sense of an ever-enhancing experience of the tranquility. Now bring your attention to just the breath. Without trying to force your mind to focus on the breath, without trying to chase away distractions, nor seeking to control how the breath rhythm should be. Just have a sense of curiosity about the breath, almost as if it's the first time you're encountering the breath. As you breathe in, stay with the in-breath not anticipating out-breath. As you breathe out, stay with out-breath, without remembering in-breath, without anticipating in-breath. this way of observing the breath is somewhat stable, then you can add the intention. Now, you want to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. That is, even though your senses pick up perceptions, you're hearing something, you're smelling something, but your awareness on the breath 
is not broken. That's what you want to happen. So you don't reject what your senses pick up, nor do you grasp onto what your senses pick up. But just hold on to the intention. I want to keep my uh, attention on the breath in an unbroken stream so that you are aware of the beginning of out-breath, its duration, when it ends, transforms to in-breath. Stay with the in-breath for the beginning of it, the continuation of it, and when it ends, again, transforming back into the beginning of out-breath. So for this not to continue until forever, so tell yourself up to 11 cycles. If the continuity is broken before you reach the 11th cycle, just start over again without feeling guilty, without feeling failure. Just actually rejoice that you caught yourself and hold on to just holding on to the intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. No matter what else your senses are picking up, the perception of the breath will remain unbroken.
aware of the further sense of the further enhanced sense of the tranquility. The further sense of clarity of your intentions. Within this state of mind, this level of clarity, this level of tranquility, intending to stay within that, bring your attention now to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows. And bring in that space your infallible guide, the definite means through which you will, without a doubt, achieve your highest objectives. You can consider it to be the very embodiment of that ideal. Staying aware, keeping the sense of tranquility stable while you bring this sense of presence in front of you. And look for that level of that measure of, of conviction that the definite, infallible means to achieve your goal is in front of you. Holding on to that measure of conviction, express your reverence, your gratitude. Completely entrust yourself in the guidance and protection being offered to you. And make a strong willingness to abandon habits that we are attached to even though they are keeping us away from achieving the very goals we seek. Make a strong willingness to take on the habits that we need to take on that will actually help us achieve what we need to achieve. But we find ourselves somehow weak or somehow incapable of taking on. So whatever we need to abandon those habits that we need to abandon, whatever we need to take on those habits that we need to take on. Rely on the power of compassion. Rely on your devotion to your infallible guide for strength, for guidance.
take note of the sense of tranquility, the level of tranquility that you're experiencing, the level of clarity of the mind. Just take note. And have the intention now to take a break. So bring your attention to the physical breath, feel its weight, feel its temperature, and through being aware of the breath in this way, become aware of the body again, the body of weight, the body of substance, the body that is occupying space and time. While I'm sipping my tea, you can stretch your legs. been a week right <laughs> it hasn't been that long <laughs> we weren't here last friday because last friday was situ all right but we we're here friday before and i said something about uh we're gonna do the the meditation now with a little sense a little bit of somewhat esoteric method okay somewhat esoteric because it's weird <laughs> it involves something that may not necessarily be uh, connected to uh, what we understand as love. And it's not something that you need, uh, you don't need uh, to have me to give you some sort of initiation and make you take swear, this and that, bef before you get the uh, instructions, okay? Uh, all right. Uh, all right, now before I begin that, I have to say something about uh, some observations that I made in myself, and, and I hope that uh, if you've observed this in yourself, maybe you can uh, take this to, you know, tell this to yourself also. So I may basically mainly talk to myself, and you just happen to be here listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, love, compassion are not the sole properties, are not the sole uh, 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 realm of Mahayana Buddhism. Love, compassion are not the sole realm of Buddhism. I'm talking about 
not just the kind of love that say, oh, I, f- I feel love for the people who like me. I feel love for the people who, are, who agree with me. I'm not talking about that kind of love. That's the kind of love that uh, even uh, uh, Jesus said that even, I don't know, did he say even the Republicans have it? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not trying to be political, but I'm trying to remember the, the line. Didn't it say Republicans or something like that? Pharisees. Pharisees. Even the Pharisees. Yeah. Okay. You, you sure it was Pharisees? Yeah? Well, for some reason, I, I, I'm, the word publican or something like that came to my mind. Okay. But I wasn't uh, trying to be. <laughs> but something like that, okay. <laughs> So it's almost as if saying even those people who are not uh, uh, in being intent on spirituality also have some sense of those kinds of uh, uh, experience also. So there's nothing uh, especially spiritual about loving people who already love you, loving people who, who already agree with you. Uh, but not only that, but the sense of immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion where you love even those who don't love you, where you have compassion for those who, are, who really have intention to harm you. Now, that's when you become spiritual. And that is not just for Mahayanas. It's not, not even just for Buddhists. This kind of practice of, of, of expanding uh, love immeasurably to cover all sentient beings, not just humans, but all beings, existed even before the Buddha. And even Buddha himself said that, you know, he, he learned it. Or, or, he learned it from, from someone else, okay, who was not a Buddhist, <laughs> okay. So, so we have to have a sense, uh, a proper perspective as to also to give us a, a better appreciation of what, what are they talking about then, what really distinguishes the Mahayanas since the compassion and love seems to be the, the main thing that they keep bragging about, they keep talking about that, that's their, special, that's their, no, that's their specialty. They have this special kind of love, this special kind of compassion that, distingu- that uh, distinguishes them from uh, other, other kinds of Buddhism and other kinds of religion, other kinds of uh, path. So taking that, I'm not gonna say what it is, but I'm gonna just continue uh, along this line. So here we are thinking that at least we are trying to uh, mimic those beings who call Mahayanas, right? Those beings who have this incredible, exceptional love and compassion that even goes beyond immeasurable love and immeasurable compassion. And yet, at times, we find, I find myself, we find ourselves encountering a being, well, encountering a person <laughs> where we don't, we don't like. <laughs> and we feel justified to not like, for not liking this person. And then here we are, here I am, you know, having the audacity to call myself a Mahayanas when I'm excluding someone from from even the, the, the lower form of love, immeasurable love. That's a lower form of love. It's not, it's not Mahayana form of love yet. Okay? 
So if I can even have my love extend to everyone, and when I'm excluding, well, this person I don't like, and I feel very justified when I'm liking this person, then I have to really re-examine what I'm considering. What do I think Mahayana Buddhism is? What do I think that is? What is what, what, what do I think this, spirit, this level of spirituality is supposed to be? I have to really re-examine that. Am I really able, capable of this Mahayana? And when I say Mahayana, I'm not talking about only within the realm of this social organization called Buddhism. Talk about in a more universal sense. Okay, strip the name of Buddhism out of it. Okay, but just think of the spirit of it, in whatever form it may it may it may manifest. Okay, but I'm supposed to be in that category. I'm aspiring to be in that category of of being. And not only. I feel justified when it's, you know, you feel more justified when it's a stranger. Somebody you encounter in the street who's doing something and you feel disliked to that person for whatever they're doing and you feel, yeah, and that person deserves that I don't like that person. And, I'm, and, it's, and it's spiritually right. <laughs> we even stamp it with, uh, it's spiritually right for me not to like that person. But also within the group of people who are aspiring to the same kind of Mahayanism, I don't like that, 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 that student. I don't like that person over there. I don't like the way that person sits. That person gets on my nerve. And I feel I am right for not liking that person. I'm e- and I'm even stamping it with I am being a good Mahayanist. <laughs> because that person is doing it wrong. I should not like that person. Look at the way that person arranged that bowl on the altar. <laughs> okay. And I'm completely missing it. I'm completely missing it. And yet, when we sit down and we are reading and we are listening, when I'm listening to some talk about this Mahayana ideal, I feel, oh yeah, that's beautiful. That's well, that's the most, that's the highest thing ever. Oh yeah, it includes all beings. Yeah, it doesn't exclude anyone. Not even the bugs. Not even the the rats or the snakes. Even them. Even those beings. Are, 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 in, are, are included in my Mayana ideal, my Mayana aspiration. And yet, that guy who didn't put the ball on the altar correctly, you feel I'm justified not to like that guy. I'm, I'm sending mixed messages to my mind. Do I want to be a Mahayanist or not? Or do I think, or I think those Mahayanist people have some good techniques I'll sneak in there, disguise myself as a Mahayanis, get tech techniques, and get out of here. <laughs> so I can finally have my paradise and I don't have to worry about those people. <laughs> okay. But they got a good method. You can get it quickly. I'll be surrounded by people who worship me, you know, in my own paradise. They'll be coming to me, asking me for advice, asking me for for uh, for. Uh, for teachings, and I'll be, and they, uh, they'll be worshiping me. And the, those Mayanist people have a way of doing that real fast. I'm gonna go over there and, and get it. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the practice of actually developing, actually being able to get into this meditative state called immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion 
involves activities outside of the sitting. You sit down, you get your mind acquainted with it so that it can influence your action when you're not sitting down. It's not just something that you admire when you're sitting down, oh, that beautiful, wonderful, it's the greatest thing. And as soon as you walk out of your, of your seat, you see that guy doing this and that, you say, oh yeah, I, sh I shouldn't like this guy. Or the compulsion for you to dislike this person comes up and you don't fight it. You think, it's okay. That's a proper object, object for me not to like. This person deserves for me not to like them. This person deserves for me not to extend compassion, this wonderful gift I have. I'm not gonna give that, share that compassion with this person. This person doesn't deserve it. So when you sit down, you start practicing, you start to ex ex uh, uh, doing the meditation, expanding love, expanding compassion, then you go out. It becomes, in the beginning, a weak compulsion. You encounter a situation where love is sort of trying to take over, trying to become your guide, trying to become your motivating force, but you feel shy. That's okay. But don't let that shyness continue. At least, you have to at least make a mental effort, at least make a mental wish. I wish I could act. Even though you don't find yourself having the power to act at that moment, because somehow the, this compulsion to act from, from a place of love or compassion is not strong enough. But you shouldn't just let it remain simply a compulsion that you, and then you let the shyness completely take over, okay? If you're on a subway, you see somebody needing some something, or in the street, or someone in the in in uh, where you in, uh, congregate, you see someone mean, needing something, then you try you allow that love to guide you to make you act. Don't worry about making a mistake. You will make mistakes. Okay. The mistakes that you make will actually teach you things. There's there's certain clarity that you don't have yet. And by allowing yourself to make the mistakes, it will clear. It. If you don't you know, allow the mistake to become a, a point of discouragement, oh, see, I shouldn't have acted that way out of this compulsion. See the mistake it made me make? Instead of thinking, ah, oh, okay, I didn't see that. Next time I'm allowed, let me, let me be able to see that. And next time you've been, there's something else that you didn't see. It becomes another mistake. They'll just keep, keep at it. And you have to, we have to constantly fight our misconception as to what love and compassion is supposed to be. We have hesitation. The reason that we don't compulsively act out of that, uh, out of that instinct when it comes to act out of love is because of this wrong uh, concepts, wrong conviction that we have about what love is supposed to be. Or our, uh, how would you say, our uh, the dominating uh, 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 mm, what's that? Uh, it's gonna sound weird. I'm just looking for words. The domi dominating conviction that makes you act the way you act in everyday situation. Okay, the conviction that propels this action. Okay, that's what I'm referring to. It is under the control of this misconception. 
for example, love is really a weakness. That, that's your deep conviction. If I allow love to completely take over me, I'm going to become a, what you call that thing, a stepping mat? What you call doormat. A doormat, yeah. I'm, become, I'm just going to become a doormat. Who wants to become a doormat? Or you think that it's really a weakness. Uh, I'm going to, I'm not, instead of gaining clarity, I'm going to become, my mind's going to become completely fogged up. I'm going to see everybody beautiful even though they're not beautiful. Okay? I want to see the ugly person for being, for, for, for the ugliness that they are. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to be blinded by this love where this, where this ugly person is coming to me and I'm, oh, how beautiful. Okay? I don't want, I don't want that. Okay? Somehow we think that love is going to blind us. It's going to make our mind foggy rather than clear. So we have to really examine what we consider love to be, what we consider compassion to be, in order to be able to get rid of those inner obstacles that are preventing us from fully uh, embodying love, fully experiencing immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion, so that there isn't someone that we feel yeah, it is right to dislike that person. And we feel it's okay if some, someone, it's okay to have anger once in a while, to feel uh, anger because of something that has happened, because, uh, and this anger could actually be guided by your love. There's an injustice here. There's a, a wrong that's been, being done here. This wrong must be addressed. And, it, and it's, at the beginning, it, you could say it's love and compassion that actually brings this to our attention. So we have to let uh, uh, love and compassion to continue it's, uh, what it started. Don't say, okay, thank you for giving me this information. Now, hate, take over. Okay? Now, make sure you give this guy a good lesson. <laughs> okay? Now, let love continue. Okay, it showed you that there's an injustice here. Let love show you how to, how to deal with it, how you can remedy it. Okay? Uh, so, I've already mentioned in the very beginning that the Buddha, when the Buddha gave this uh, meditation on immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion, it was a way of protection. It wasn't a beautiful idea to have in your mind, you know, that will help you get along with everybody. It was an actual power of protection. So not only when you reach the consummation of love, it actually brings you actual protection. There are other things that it actually brings to you. The, what, the, the consummation or the, the point where your mind sort of explodes because of, because of, of, of being completely absorbed with love, become, completely allowing love to embody you, or complete, complete, allowing yourself to completely embody love, there's this freedom that you experience. And what this freedom does it, that, uh, with love, it gives you the, it, it gives you the freedom, it's, it's called a freedom, freedom to see everything as beautiful. Oh my God, what did I just say? You're, you become blinded and everything is not beautiful, even the ugly. It's not that <laughs> this, uh, the thing that you used to call, oh, that's ugly. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, like art is ugly, that, that kind of ugly. I'm talking about a behavior that is ugly in the sense that it's bringing harm. Oh, look at that person stabbing that person. Isn't that cute? No, it's not, it's not, it's not like that. That's not the mean by everything becomes beautiful. Yes, that person is stabbing that person, but that 
ugly reaction that you would have doesn't come up. Okay? You have a perfect clarity in your mind as to what to, what's to be done. You're able to hold uh, the person who's being stabbed with an with a, uh, embrace of love, and you're able to embrace the person who's doing the stabbing with an embrace of love. And you know what to do to help the person who's doing the stabbing, and you know what to do to help the person who's being stabbed. Okay? Because they both appear beautiful to you. They're both worthy of your love. You don't see anyone who's not worthy of your love anymore. Okay? And everything has a... No, how does it feel when you're in a, uh, a place where you're uh, surrounded by what you experience as beautiful? Do you feel yourself like uh, you're blinded? You feel like there's wonderful elation taking place, a wonderful sense of clarity taking place. It's not that you're not able to see if like red is, for example, is your favorite color, everything becomes red. You can't see yellow anymore, you can't see blue anymore, it's not like that. You see blue, you see yellow, you see everything, but you see it with a mind that sees everything with a sense of beauty. That's the freedom that you experience when you allow love to embody you, or you allow yourself to embody love. Here's a strange thing now with compassion. When you allow compassion, when you allow yourself to embody compassion, you actually make your mind very suitable. This is, is the is the uh, the the where the clarity is more pronounced. You allow yourself to experience. You, you make you make your mind very 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 ripe to be able to see the true nature of reality. Yeah, that's how clear your mind becomes when you allow compassion. You allow yourself to be embodied by... Uh, keep mixing those two things. You allow yourself to embody compassion. Okay? That's the release. That's the... That's the explosion that happens in your mind when you let that happen. Okay? So, whatever hesitation that we have about love, about compassion, that makes us not being able to fully take on this thing, this, uh, this, uh, these two emotions, we have to examine it. We have to look at them from the point of power, the point of clarity, the point of actually bringing about the opposite of what we are fearing. Okay? Instead of making us powerless, it's actually empowering us. Instead of making us, my mind foggy, it's actually giving us clarity. Okay? Yes? Uh, I think that I can do that just seeing other people and feel compassion and love for them, even if they are harm each other. But when it comes to me, it's more, it's more difficult because I don't have that perspective. Because in others, I can see, like the example that you say, that somebody stabbing another person, I can, I think that I can handle in my mind. But if somebody do harm me or insult me or something, mm -hmm. I don't have perspective. There is where I get lost. When uh -oh. the things just oh, because, uh, attack you're, you're, me or something, is just yeah, you're, 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 we are caught up in the habit of how we used to deal with this when someone is harming us. That's why the meditation helps. Meditation gives you that sort of perspective to see yourself being harmed and not react because it's not happening right now. So when you sort of develop, uh, sort of retraining your mind to react in a different way, and slowly and slowly and slowly, you're able to react the way you see yourself in the meditation reacting when it's an actual event. But uh, yeah, you cannot, it's not like you sit down right now 
it could be, but we don't have that ability, we don't have that karma to sit right now and then do the meditation on love and then come out of it and then we are able to deal with that in, in, a, in a loving way. No, we, have to, we have to allow it to take time and do not become discouraged because it's not happening all at once. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, that, was, that was the talk. <laughs> not the esoteric meditation. It's very easy. It's a, it's a few, even though I'm using the word, usually we say esoteric, it takes like a year <laughs> to learn <laughs> one thing. So you can do it, but it's not going to take a year. Don't worry about it. As so far as instruction is concerned. Huh? So the meditation is to break the misconception that we have about love. Mm -hmm. So we allow that love defines by himself. Mm -hmm. no, what yeah. is going to be replaced with? No, when the, the hesitation, the difficulty of that we encounter or the obstacle that we encounter in the meditation that sort of makes us resist allowing ourselves to be the embodiment of love. That, uh, or you could say that, uh, uh, that presents a resistance to the meditation itself, to being, uh, to, uh, to do its work. It, what you have to do before that is to examine our conception of love or our misconception of love. But do it in a realistic way. Don't do it or in that book or in that, per that person says love is supposed to be this way. Or, uh, I guess I have to make it that way. But make it become a, your own conviction that there is power and there is love in love, there is clarity in love. Uh, I, have, I don't even know where to start. After hearing you say all this, mm -hmm. I don't even know, like, I need examples of love. Because, like, I don't know, it just kind of like everything that you said shot a lot out of the water. Uh -huh. So then it's like, how do you like back it up exactly what is love then? Like, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. um, if it's not this, it's not that. If it's not the actions that lead to, um, I, I just, I don't know. It, Something went off in my head where it's like, oh God. No, no. Eventually, it has to direct your actions. But it's not the action itself. If it's not not disliking someone mm -hmm. because they're doing the wrong thing, mm -hmm. and it's not not becoming a doormat, like mm -hmm. you know, it's like all these not mm -hmm. things. Then what is it really? I mean, like what? Well, the simplest way is, simplest form is a sincere concern for someone else's happiness. And that is, it doesn't have a limit. I'm concerned for your happiness up to this point. As soon as you do this, I'm not going to concern for your happiness anymore. It's not that. So whatever level that you meet, the, you encounter the person, you have a concern for their happiness whether they're being nice to you, whether they're being indifferent to you, whether they're being irritated by you, or whether they're intent on harming you, you still have this genuine concern for their happiness. That's love. And compassion is a genuine concern for their, for their pain, for their suffering, and wishing that they, do, that they no longer experience it. So that, that's the simplest way of, of sort of 
uh, defining it, so to speak. And you don't give that a limit. Up to this point, yes, but beyond that, it's no, there's no, uh, it, I, cannot give, I cannot be concerned for your happiness anymore. I cannot be concerned for your pain. You deserve the pain this time. There should, there should never be in your mind that such whoever it is deserves pain. There should never be in your mind anyone who doesn't deserve to be happy. Okay. Yes. I find it really helpful um, to to be able to do that to distinguish the person from the um, their their mental obscurations that make them think mm -hmm. that they're doing something for their own benefit that's actually causing harm. Mm -hmm. It's not them, it's, it's you can direct your, um, your non-tolerance to like, the mental affliction and not to the person. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of uh, being able to sort of harness the sense of injustice, the sense of uh, I, anger needs to be dis, anger needs to be manifested here somewhere. Who's going to get it? Who deserves it? Okay, don't point it at the at the person. Rather, point it at the affliction. Okay. Yeah. Somebody. Some, someone needs to get blown up. <laughs> Something needs to be blown up because there's an injustice here. But who needs? Who is the right? Who is the proper? Who is the deserving recipient of that? It's never the person. The person is always a victim. It always, if you think that way, it will help. Okay. Uh, so, so do try that. Every, uh, when you find yourself in the company of others, or in, uh, or in the street somewhere with a stranger, when you find your, when you find yourself saying, "I don't like this person." Or you feel I, you feel right to not like this person? Step back. Wait a minute. What am I doing here? I'm supposed to be Mahayanas. This shouldn't this shouldn't exist. There's something wrong here. Okay. And then uh, at least do that. Don't uh, don't let that uh, take root, take seed in your mind. And also, when those moments comes up when love is directing your actions, and you, for some reason you don't feel the power to actually act. At least make a good wish. Even though I'm not able to act right now, for whatever reason, I wish I could act. At least make that. Okay? At least make that effort. That will give the power, uh, that will give the love more power next time. Okay? And that will give you power next time to, to uh, uh, not allow the disliking or the, the, the sense of uh, righteous uh, anger towards anyone that will give you the power to actually stop it. And when you allow that, then you, you will actually start to see, witness love's power. You actually are, will be, allow yourself to witness love's, how love makes the mind clear. Okay. Um, okay, so now the hesitatic. <laughs> but we don't have time, so uh, we, won't, we won't do that. <laughs> okay, it's very, very easy. Uh, for those who are uh, 
fortunate to have natural devotion, all realizations is very easy. You just ask your devotion to give it to you and you give it to you. But unfortunately, not all of us are uh, this lucky, <laughs> this fortunate. We have to work hard a little bit. Uh, so test yourself to see if, if, if you have one of those fortunate people with just ask devotion of devotedly to have that, to be able to love that way, to be able to have that co compassion that way, where there is not a person, there is not a being who is not uh, embraced by your love and compassion. Okay. And after you've uh, absorbed the, the, the object of your devotion into your heart, and you say, wait a minute, am I? And then sort of test it. Bring to your mind the person that you supposedly irritates you. Bring it to your mind and see if you feel a sense of irritation. If you feel a sense of irritation, then, oh, okay, I wasn't that, that fortunate kind of person. It didn't work. <laughs> so I got to do something else. Okay, now the other thing that you're going to do is uh, uh, in any of the methods that, we were, that you were able to feel any sense, any taste of love, you do it. Either you begin with yourself, may I be happy, genuinely wish, see yourself deserving of love, deserving to be happy, deserving to have uh, happiness. Okay. And when you feel it becoming an actual emotion that you can actually uh, feel, that you can actually uh, say, oh, there's, there is something in my mind, and that thing that's in my mind, it's love. It's, an emotion that, it's that emotion that they call love, until you feel that. Then you stay with that. And as you are actually uh, what is called summoning up the emotion of love, using whatever method you're using, allow yourself to completely be aware of what else is happening. This is the esoteric part. What you're going to pay attention to is what element makes itself manifest. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what element you're supposed to, supposed to have because that might prejudice your meditation. But just, pay, just have a part of your mind sort of as you are invoking the emotion of love and as you are uh, in, enhancing it, increasing it, making, making, sort of allowing it to, to fill you up. Have a part of your mind sort of like look for what element is making it, it's, it's making itself uh, uh, is or is summoning, okay? You know the elements, right? Yeah, those elements. <laughs> okay. Fire, air, yeah, those. Earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Okay. Those elements. One of them will manifest. Maybe not tonight, <laughs> but one of the, once. But first, you have to get into that love, and you have to. Stay with it, with the mind sort of like uh, looking for the element. And once the element manifests, infuse that element with love or infuse it with the ascription, sort of like make it equal to love. And then now you're able to now expand the earth element. And as you expand your earth element, you're expanding love until the earth element sort of covers all that exists. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> <Don't. laughs> but you might feel some other elements. <laughs> okay? 
That was an example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my problem is I still love the person that is uh, aggressing me, but I feel like I get some dark energy which is stalking me. Which is what? what? I, I feel like I get some like dark energy uh -huh. which is stuck in me. Oh, stuck in you. Uh -huh. Yeah, I like, I like someone who uh, uh, throw some garbage on me and mm -hmm. I would have to wash my clothes but even I tried to put them in the washing machine you can never uh, uh, yeah this is my problem but I would still love the person I would still have compassion but I would still be affected uh, so is it because you love this person you got affected yeah because I love everyone so, so if you didn't love everyone you would not be affected you will be in your paradise somewhere, but you got to go and love people, and then those dirty people, they got to get dirty in you up because you love them. I get affected because I feel I'm extremely receptive to vibrations. Because of your love? Um, now you, yeah, because of your love, right? Because you love them, yeah. they, they throw mud at you. And if you didn't love them, you wouldn't have to encounter those people. You wouldn't have to get dirty, right? <laughs> now, th those are genuine ex experiences that makes us hesitate to allow love to, to allow ourselves to embody love. Because these are genuine experiences that we have. Like you, you try to love this person, and then it seems like because you try to love them, you, you, you get this pain in return. And your mind automatically say, oh, that's what happens when you try to love. So you have to learn to disassociate what seems to be coming uh, from love. It's not coming from love. It's not because you love them you got dirtied. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right? All right. Let's try to meditate. <laughs> oh. Maybe at the end I'll tell you this. This is, this might the story might affect your meditation. <laughs> okay. So let's let's try it. Okay. First the devotion. Sort of like uh, imagine, sort of you know, fantasize. How would it be like if I was, if I embodied love, if I embodied uh, compassion? How would I behave towards people? How would I see myself? And see yourself with the power, see yourself with the clarity. And then, through your power of devotion, try to get it, just through the power of devotion. Okay? And if you're one of those lucky people, you're probably going to be, your head is going to be touching the ceiling. <laughs> don't worry, you're going to leave you alone. <laughs> if you don't find yourself folding in the ceiling, then maybe you're not one of those people. Then try the method of invoke the emotion of love with the back of your mind, sort of looking for the element. Okay. Is, is your llama still in front of you when you're asking for this? Or oh yeah, the the yeah, you you put the llama, bring the llama to your on your head, and then yeah. yeah. Okay, so we just remember the snap shot that we took of the sense of uh, tranquility. Go back to that. And just allow the vividness of your recollection to give you 
uh, to be experienced. <clears throat> the tranquility to re experience the clarity. And as soon as you have the slightest taste of it, try to stabilize it just by remember continuing to recall it or hold on to it. For five breaths, then begin. How wonderful it would be if you were the embodiment, if you were able to embody immeasurable love, immeasurable compassion. See yourself in different situations, acting, emanating, radiating. Then make the devotional prayer. Absorb the teacher into your heart. Wait a few seconds. Bring the person, see, or that, that kind of being. See if you are able to hold on to immeasurable love towards them. If not, then do the element. Okay?
be aware of the meditative state itself. And think of someone, or a place, or a group of people whom you can make a dedication and dedicate the power of this meditation for that person or for those people or for that place. that started this meditation and dedicate also the merit to the achievement of that ultimate goal. Slowly bring your attention to the breath. Be aware of the breath, the physical breath. The breath that has weight, the breath that has temperature, substance of some sort. And through your awareness of that, allow yourself to become aware of the physical body, the body that is subject to gravity, occupies space, occupies time. What I was going to say, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to say something to parents and for everyone to listen. A question. The stain that you get, is it that you share it or it is transferred to you? I feel like it's transferred to me. Then you should rejoice. should rejoice. Yeah. You've taken away their stains. That's it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs>